might be a little different because we have two of us, but we just feel like the Lord, even during a time of fasting and prayer, the Lord has given us a word um, to share with you guys. And even we feel like the Lord has put evangelism on our heart and that's our heart is for evangelism to see the harvest of souls come in and to see the churches um be multiplied with people because the more people we have in here the more people that are saved so we just feel that um yeah that's our heart is evangelism and that's what we want to do this year is to bring in a harvest of souls into the church and get them rooted and planted in the house of god amen and um, today our sermon will probably be about being a fisher of men. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah open right. up in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the word that you've laid on our heart. And I thank you, God, that even as we preach, God, and we share the word, that people's hearts would be open to receiving. I thank you, God, for anointing my lips. I thank you for anointing us. And I thank you, God, that as we speak, there would be a heaviness to the word of God. And I thank you, Lord, for using us in this, um, even on this Sunday. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I'll read this for you. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 24, starting at verse 36. But concerning that, that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as we were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in a field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But now, but know this, that if the master of the house has known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? Whom is the master has set over the, his household to give, their, them food, th give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all of his possessions. But if the, that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant who will come one day when he does not expect him at an hour he does not know. And will be cut him into pieces, but him that with the hypocrites in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And um, even in that scripture, Pastor Brad has been talking about end times um, before he left to Maui. And in during the time of fasting and prayer, my prayer was, Lord, give us the most effective way now to bring in souls, to reach the harvest of souls. Because even in um, Matthew 24, it talks about that this is the final hour, that you don't know when uh, the Son of Man is coming back and when the rapture is going to happen. So we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. And we need people to be saved, even your own family members. When my family came to visit for our wedding, I made sure 
sure that they came up and received salvation because their eternity in heaven means much more than my own self. Like to even be to go beyond my comfortability. I never did that in the front of them. My grandma is very um, what is that word? She's very um, Catholic. She, we grew up in a ca- I grew up in a Catholic home. She sticks to her ways. And she, when we broke, when me and Li Hao broke away from that, we was pretty much like this own for a time and so when we broke away and that was stepping out in my um um in my um uncomfortable in my comfort out of my comfort zone sorry but I stepped out and I made sure that they received Jesus into their heart because I want them to spend eternity in heaven and that's what we we as a body of Christ have to have that urgency that this is the final hour before the Lord comes back and even you see throughout the world what's going on there's rumors of war there's earthquakes there's all these things happening and it's the final hour that Jesus is coming back and we as a body of Christ need to go out and bring in a harvest of souls. Amen? Yeah, I mean, even when it, you know, it's a mission as a Christian for us to lead people to the Lord. It's not something that God takes lightly. It's the only command, Matthew 28, it's the only command that God has ever given a Christian. Go and make disciples of all nations. Everything else has to do with a covenant that if you do this, I will bless you. But the Great Commission is a command given unto every believer. It's not something that we can forsake. It's something that actually determines our own growth going into heaven and our own growth here on earth. And, you know, you had a scripture from Ephesians, didn't you? Yeah, and you can turn with me to Ephesians um, 5.27. And this is talking about the church. And I know we can look at it, too, as the um, bride. And we are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And um, so you can turn with us to Ephesians 5:27 and it says and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or, or any other blemish but holy and blameless. And so I want to just um that word wrinkle. Yes, we want to be holy. We want to be ready to um to for the bridegroom for Jesus to come but I want to focus on the word wrinkle and even when I was walking up the steps Zane's um, jacket was wrinkled in the back and I was like oh your jacket is wrinkled but when you sit for too long even when I use a dress when you sit for too long your dress gets wrinkled and that's what it is we are it's you don't want to be a church that's wrinkled you don't want to be a church that's just sitting and being lazy we want to be an active church that goes after souls because souls are the most important thing that we can take to heaven you can't take anything else and a lot of people say you can't take a u-haul of whatever um, earthly position you have the only thing you can take to heaven is souls and so we don't want to be a church that's wrinkled that has wrinkles because we want to be an active church we want to go beyond the four walls and bring in the harvest of souls that's why we go and go into the college do we want to do it do we feel like we want to do it no probably not because we probably want to spend a friday night um just relaxing at home but we care about souls and we need to be a church that cares about souls amen I mean, that's exactly what Christianity is. You have to begin to get a heart for the harvest because that's God's heart. You know, even the Bible talks about seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. It doesn't say, um, you know, seek ye first your own plans, and if you can fit me in a 10-minute time schedule in a week, then I will bless you. It says, when you put God's kingdom first, then I will make you rich. Then the blessing of God will come upon you. And many people can get so stuck on the fact that why isn't God blessing me? But the thing is, God says, seek ye first his kingdom. His kingdom has to be first in your life. His kingdom has to be first in everything you do. And what is his kingdom? Winning souls. People. God loves people. And that's where we need to, this church to be at. Is a church that cares about the harvest. Is a church that cares about people enough to begin to bring them in and see them discipled. Because that's the only thing we can take to heaven is souls. Because if we make this thing about ourselves and getting ourselves filled and the world goes to hell... That's on us when we go to heaven, because the Bible even says the blood of the unsaved is on our hands for not telling them. If we tell them, then the blood is released off of our hands and put back on them. But it's on us. It's on the Christian to go out and see people saved. And God has empowered you to do it. And even yesterday, we started um, doing live videos on Facebook, and I do not want to be on video, but I knew that this is what God was calling us to um, telling us to do because how much people even in an hour time span there was 157 people who saw our video and we just preached about the love of Jesus Christ we talked we talked about the compassion and the love that Jesus has for everyone that he has a great plan for them and we um, led them into the prayer of salvation and whoever watches it we told them just let us know if you watch that we want to help you grow in the Lord we want to help you plug in find a church near you because our heart is for souls and it doesn't matter if um, Saturday is the only day we have a day off because our heart our vision is eternity and eternity in heaven and so even with that that's what we um, we started to do and every Saturday we'll be sharing the word of the Lord with the um, online through media because media is a platform where we can get the gospel of Jesus Christ out everybody thinks that Satan has pervert, perverted media. He's perverted TV, but God has created it for the gospel of Jesus Christ to get out. And so that's why we're using every platform that we can to get the gospel out and so that people can be saved. People can um, know who Jesus Christ is and know the love of Christ. Yeah. Um, just a quick scripture from Matthew 28. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. God has given us a job of discipleship and teaching. You know, getting people saved, even with this outreach we had um, with um, Brother Stephen, you know, during that time, it is prime time for us as a believer to begin to find people to pour into. Find people that are getting touched by God and begin to say, how can I help you? Because, I mean, even with our, you know, we were talking the other day. It's like, how do we reach people? We can do events. We can do outreaches. We can see people get saved. But how do we begin to see these people change and go after the things of God for their lives? And it's all through discipleship. It's all through the one-on-one -on -one ministry. It's all through us taking the time and pouring into someone else. 
Yeah, and even in that, it says, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. And this is Jesus talking, but we have been created in the image of God. And what Jesus did, we have the same power now living in us. The word of God says that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells in us. Mm -hmm. And it will quicken our mortal bodies. And so the Holy Spirit lives in us. It gives us all power on heaven and on earth. And even now, we have the power even to go out and to bring in, um, to make disciples and even in that, it says go and make disciples. It doesn't say if you have time. It doesn't say if you have the money, if you have this and that. It says go and make disciples of all nations. And um, even in that, the Greek meaning of make of disciples, um, disciple is um, Matthew. I don't know what it is. But anyways, the definition of that is to be a discipline, to be disciplined learners and followers of Jesus, growing in the relationship with him. And that's what it takes. Even Christine, I poured into her um, when she first came to church and I made her my one that I went after and I made her a disciple discipled her and I poured into her whatever I had I poured into her and I helped her whatever mm -hmm. needed to be done I helped her to grow in the Lord and that's what it is it says to um, discipled disciplined learners and followers of Jesus Christ growing in their relationship with him you need to help people grow in the relationship with Jesus they can't do it on their own the pastor can't do it because there's a whole congregation that they need to take care of we need to be the ones to go out discipling them and even in the it says to baptize them and teach them the ways of the Lord. We have to, we had that command to go baptizing them. We don't need a priest. We don't need a pastor to baptize. You can go and baptize people. You can go and do that. And you teach them the ways of the Lord. You have in you the word of God. You have in you the Holy Spirit if you're saved. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. This is the heart of God. <clears throat> Discipleship. Salvation is the heart of God. And until we make this our own heart, God can never begin to use us properly and for his purpose. Because God has called every believer, not just a pastor, not just a minister, but every believer, every person is called to see people go to heaven. They are called to see um, family members, see um, people they may not even know. But that is the mission of a believer is to go out and go and touch the world. God has given you a power and an authority that trumps any demon, any devil. And that is power lives inside of you when you receive Jesus Christ. Because now the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. God gives you power. So you may be even sitting there wondering to yourself, you know, I don't feel like I'm adequate for this. I don't feel like I'm ready to begin to do um, ministry on my own. I don't, like... But it's, call, it's a believer's calling. It's not pastor's calling. It's a believer's calling. It's made for every person. You know, Peter was a fisherman. And Peter had a mouth on him. It said that he actually swore. You know, and, and it talks about that. God used unorthodox people. God used a tax collector. You know, that's like an IRS agent. What if you see an IRS agent come to your door and try to lead you to the Lord? That's not what you would be expecting. You know, God picks people that are unorthodox. God picks people that care about the word of God. God are willing. And that's exactly what it is. Because, you know, God may call someone and if they don't take that up, they don't take the mantle up, the calling is still on people. The calling is still on every believer. It's our job to pick it up. But God calls you. Whether you, you have a solid foundation completely, you could say, I, you know, I still got things in my life I got to work on. Well, everyone does. Everyone has things. Everyone has stuff that we need to focus on in our own lives. 
But this is the believer's calling. This is why Jesus Christ died. It's for our salvation and for the salvation of others. Because once we begin to hold this in into the church and never send it out, it begins to get stagnant. It talks about that wrinkle in the dress of the um, bride. We can't have a wrinkled church. We can't have a church that's so focused on our own spiritual growth that it's not releasing. Because we, once we get filled, our job is to release. What did the disciples do in Acts? When they were filled, they released it the immediate time they got it. They didn't keep holding the anointing. They didn't keep holding what God had given them. But it's about the release. And that's when you begin to anoint other people. That's when other people get touched. And that's when you begin to see a fulfillment in your own life. I get, when, you know, even when we go soul winning and we do things that uh, even when we go out and lead people to the Lord, it's a different feeling. It's not like you can, if you're grumpy, go lead someone to the Lord. You won't be grumpy anymore. You know, it'll change your perspective. It changes your attitude because now you're having the heart of God in you. Now it's inside of you, and that's what you desire. This is about people. And I promise you, if you make this and, and implement this in your life, it's not for us to sit here and, and scold. It's a blessing. God blesses the soul winner. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. In Proverbs, it says, he who wins souls is wise. The Bible blesses the wise. The Bible blessed Solomon because of his wisdom. God blesses when you begin to perform his word. And even um, in 2 Kings, I think, it talks about the widow with the, um, with the oil. And he, um, the prophet Elisha, Elisha um, told her to bring in all the, jar, the jars that she had in her house and keep pouring. And the Lord poured, um, God just poured into it until she um, didn't have enough jars to pour into. And that's even with us. We have so much within us, but we're not pouring out. So God can't fill you up until you pour out. That it's important to pour out. We are, we should be Christians. We should be in the word of God on a daily basis. We should be communing communing with him through prayer and we are to be filled up so that we can pour out because that's our duty is mm -hmm. to pour out what we have within us yeah and even in this it, it, this isn't about everyone becoming a full-time evangelist this isn't about everyone like jumping into it but this is about the one how do we see this church grow how do we see this church get to a point to where we're going to see Fairmont changed because it can't rely on one or two people's shoulders this is a vision that's carried out by believers. This is a vision carried out by more than just one person. This is a vision greater than one person. Because God wants to use you. God has a purpose for you. And that's to see people touched. It may look different for each and every person, but in some way, shape, or form, God wants to use you. God wants to use the gifts and abilities you have to reach the lost. Because that's the only thing we can take to heaven is souls. And even when I was um, fasting and praying about what is the most effective way, Lord, to um, to bring in souls, to bring in a harvest of souls. And I felt like the Lord was getting, um, giving me, like downloading in me. I came from a family of fishermen. That's what my family did. We fished every, we went out and every weekend, that's how we brought in food was we went to fish and um and i felt like god was just like showing giving me revelation of just the steps that we took like in a, a fisherman does to bring in um fish and there's two different ways um we use a pole and we cast it out and we use that and you bring in fish one by one but my papa um he makes um hawaiian nets and we 
he makes that he's probably like one of the only Hawaiians back in Hana that actually makes a nets by hand now and so when we use the nets we throw it out we bring in more um fish by that and so i just felt like the lord was um showing me these things even with things that i grew up with natural things and number one what does it take to catch a fish number one you need bait to catch a fish and so even use whatever you have you might not have um, bait regular bait but we used sometimes we used whatever it took we used bread we used um, the shrimp in the freezer whatever it was to um, go out and fish because we needed dinner or whatever it was but use what you have and you need bait and even with us even with Christine I used um, watching her kids I was like I'll watch your kids but you need to come to church <laughs> and that was a bait and then not only that after I was discipling her I took her out every day um every week once a week I took her out for coffee I took her out for lunch I took her out for dessert and whatever you have use it for bait use it so you can keep that person um keep that person hooked. amen and even Dr. Rodney, he talks about having bait, even crusades. That's why we do um, outreaches. We have things that um, draw in people. Is the, that's the bait. That's what will bring the people in. But it's our duty now as a church to keep them in. Amen. And, and that's the vision of the um, believer, the person that's in church, is to begin to bring in the harvest, begin to disciple people. And it may require a little bit more of your time than, than what you're used to. But that, God honors that. God rewards that. And then you're going to be rewarded by it just in your, just in your own life. Because, I mean, when you begin to pour into someone like Christy, you know, now look, she came up here, she's living in West Virginia and wanting to do ministry yourself. You know, that's what it is. When you pour into someone, now a life is changed. Now she's changing lives. Now she's going out and doing the same thing. But not only that, her whole family now is saved. Yeah. It's just not her. Her husband wasn't saved at first. It was just Christine coming to church. Because of her, now you have an entire family unit that is saved. And that's, that's the domino effect. You, use, you bait one person, you pour into one, and mm -hmm. that person will pour into another, and it's a domino effect. Yeah. And you pour into one, and then the other, it will go on and on and on. Yeah, and, and that's what every believer is. You have to begin to pick, like even when we do these events, find someone getting touched, go after that person and begin to mentor them begin to help them get them filled with the holy spirit you know grow them in the word and then they'll begin to come to church more often because now they have a connect now they have someone that they can relate to there and they feel like there's actually a caringness because a lot of churches will miss this point most churches don't do outreaches period but if they do a lot of churches never focus on how do we bring these people in and keep them plugged into a place to where their lives are going to be changed forever because god wants the best for you god wants the best for each and every person and as a believer sometimes it may require a little bit more of our time than what we want to give but god rewards you god is your blesser god will reward the little things you do god god says that if you are faithful with the little he will make you ruler over much and this is the little things these are the things that maybe touching one person may make a difference but god will reward you over much when you're faithful with the little things like taking one person and pouring into them 
And it just remind even that re reminds me of like the fishing pole in the net. The fishing pole is the one you the individual that you're pouring into and then you the net is for more for our a uh, greater amount of fish to come in and that's to me that is small groups you can be a small group leader you can be the one that's pouring into more than one person now that you're built up in the lord now that you know more that you feel like you can lead a group now it's that's where it is you um individually you can pour into it now you can do a small group because you have so much within you amen and number two, even when he was talking about um, the people that God has touched inside of an outreach. And number, my number two was gather the fish that bit, gather the fish that hooked, that you got hooked. And even the outreach that we had, I remember Stephen at the end, he was like, there was one lady that got touched and you could see it. And he was like, that's the people you need to go after. You know why? Because those people got hooked. Those people were the ones that had their, their hearts was open. Their hearts was ready to receive the word of the Lord. And so that's the people you need to go after. The ones that have an open heart. Because you can't go after the one that keeps that has a stony heart that you just keep running over a stump. You, you go around it and you just go to the next person. But you go out and you gather the fish. That's what we did. We went out as family. We fished and we brought it in and we um, gathered the fish that we caught. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even what you wrote down about baiting and cleaning the fish, that, that is also a step that, it, yeah. You know, I just forgot to touch on it while we're here. But, you know, that's something that no one likes to do. Even like you talked about, like, you know, you catch it, you clean it. It's always been a rule. You catch it, you clean your own fish. You know, that's, that's the part that very few people like to do because that's the yeah. dirty work. That's when you begin to go touch people. That's when you begin to pour into someone and minister to them because that's work that no one likes to do. That's time that no one wants to put in because it's gross. You're touching things. You're dealing with things in people's lives that may be sensitive. But that's when you begin to pour into that, you see reward from that. You see when God blesses you, when you begin to be faithful with doing that. It's not just about um, catching it. It's about keeping it and making sure it produces. You've got to begin to grow what God gives you. And you maybe even feel someone on your heart now that God has said, I want you to minister to them. If you've waited, now's the time. Because God can like put someone from your work. God can put someone from just anywhere that he feels, like even someone at a gas station. God, you know, there are times where you can feel just like to pray for someone in a gas station or pour out to someone that you may not even know. God is saying that person is ready. The Bible talks about the harvest being great. But the thing is, we have to begin to step out of our own comfort zone and what we're comfortable with. Yeah. Because once we do that, that's when we see fruit. And that was my third point was clean the fish. And I remember I liked to go fishing when I was a kid. But remember how grandma almost told us we need to go. We need to clean our own fish. You need to scale it. You need to gut it. And I hated gutting a fish, sticking my finger in the fish. And I was like, ew, I don't want to touch the blood and all of that nasty stuff inside. But we were required to clean our own fish if we wanted to go out and fish. And so that's what we need to do. It's not our pastor's job to go and feed the their job is to feed the church as a whole as a body of Christ but it's our job to go individually we can come in we can receive but it's our job to go out individually and pour to people we are like little pastors pretty much and we have to take care of our own flock Amen. And then my number four was enjoy the catch as a family. That's what we did. After we 
went fishing, after we gathered the fish, after we cleaned it, we enjoyed the fish as a family. And that's what the body of Christ is. We rejoice in the harvest of souls. We rejoice in the catch that we all came home with and we rejoice and we um, celebrate and everyone would come to my grandma's house and all my cousins, all my aunties, my uncles, and we would enjoy the catch and we'd eat it and we would eat it with all our favorite things, rice and poi and onion and that was the best part of the day was enjoying the catch as a family and that's what even the word of God says that when one soul is one to the kingdom of heaven all of heaven rejoices because one person was taken out of hell and brought into the kingdom of light it's rewarding to do God's work and it's a privilege it's not something that you know we should be looking at as Oh man, I have to do this. I have to do another uh, event. I have to go out in the streets again. Why? Why are we doing so much of this? It's rewarding to do God's work, and it's also a privilege that God would entrust you to do the work of the Lord. Amen. And I promise you, there's blessing in it. There's blessing in the Word of God. Amen. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke, chapter ten. Yeah. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of every town and place where he was about to go. You know, even reading that, he sent the people before he was about to come. And, you know, that, that was in a physical standpoint of him sending out the disciples before his coming. But now we are actually dealing with he has sent us before his coming as in the rapture. He has sent us ahead before his coming because once he comes, it's too late. And we're getting very close to that point in that time. No one knows the time or hour, but we are getting close. And I, I believe we're in the final minutes of time. I believe that God can come back at any minute. All the prophecies in the word of God and are talked about his coming, they're already fulfilled. His coming could happen this evening if it wanted. But the thing is, God has allowed us time to reach the harvest. But it all depends on what the believers are, is willing to do. We have to begin to go out and reach the harvest. God is coming. Jesus is coming, and he sent us ahead of him. And it says in verse 2, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. We are the workers. We have, what, what is it, 100 million Christians worldwide? I'd say probably more. But the thing is, how come we don't see as much fruit? Even in America, this country was founded on godly principles, and we're losing a generation. We're losing people that are going to hell in a handbasket. And it's not just something for us to say, oh, it'll be good when we go to heaven. It'll be good when Jesus returns. It is our job to win people. The workers are few, and the harvest is great. We are the workers. And it says pray for the workers, not pray for the harvest. Pray for the workers, people that will go out and lead people to Christ. And then it talks about what Jesus did after that. He said, go, a command, go. I am sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Do not take anything with you. And even in that, what does that mean? You know, sometimes our resources may not be that great. 
Sometimes God may send us when we don't have the best resource. God, how can I do that? How can I do that? I don't have that. I can't, I can't do that. I know, I know you've placed that in me. But, you know, even, even when we went to um, one of Jonathan's meetings, he talked about a, a, an evangelist that tried to do a crusade, but because he never felt completely equipped, he, it never made it, and he lost the opportunity. The opportunity is now. We may not have every resource we need, but if God is calling you, he'll support it. He'll back it. And it talks about when you go into towns, when you go into these places, I will support you. The Bible says the worker is deserving of their wages. Even in that chapter, the worker is deserving of his wages. God is going to take care of you in every calling he's given you. If God has called you to something, if God has called you to a work, if God has called you to a person, if God has called you to a place, he's going to take care of it. He's not going to leave you desolate. But even in that, it says, I am sending you among wolves as lambs. We are to go out and tell the world. People that do not know the word of God, people that do not know who God is, that is our calling. And God may be sending us out, and it may not look like the greatest situation, but if God's called you, you're going to see it. And it even talks about um, starting at verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. They did mighty works as they went out. They said, we saw demons cast out. We watched what you gave us. We watched the power. And he said, go and heal the sick. Go and touch the blind. Go and heal the leper. God gave them these commands to do. God gave them these things ahead of time. And what did they do? They said, God, everything they, or Jesus, everything you said to us, we did it. We saw the demons leave people. We saw the blind healed. We saw the leper um, lose every, like the disease. And it says, yeah. <laughs> and, and it says in verse 18, he said, I re he, Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. He's given you power. Amen. God's given you power. God does not call you to a situation that you cannot handle. Because God gives you power. Jesus is living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you. And God has given you power to win every battle or every situation he may have placed in front of you. Verse 20. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice in the um, names that are written in heaven. Rejoice in the names that are written in heaven. Yes, it's great to carry the power of God. But where is God's heart? It's in souls. Rejoice in the names. And it even talks about that. It says, after that, Jesus rejoiced over the people that were one. Jesus, and then he began to thank God. This is where God's heart is. It's in souls. He sent out the 72. Do you think they were the most comfortable? I mean, they were coming back with these mighty things that they had just done. I'm pretty sure they, they were pretty surprised. It seemed like they were. They rejoiced and said, God, everything you said we could do, we did it. And, Je and Jesus said, yes, I gave power. But rejoice in the people that are in heaven now. This is God's heart. This is God's heart. Is people. God's heart is souls. And he's placed you to do it. That is the work of the believer. God has placed you ahead of this work before his coming. And it is our job as every believer to see people come to Christ. You want to go ahead and read Isaiah? Yeah. And you can turn with me um, to Isaiah 61. And we're going to start with verse 1. <clears throat> oh. 
And verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. This is the call for to every believer. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, God has anointed us to bring to bring good news to the poor. What is the good news? The good news is Jesus Christ, that Jesus loves you, he died for you, and he wants to. He wants you to go to heaven. And he has um, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, any um, person that's broken. There's a lot of people that's broken outside of these four walls. He has sent us to bind the brokenhearted, to bring restoration to the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim freedom to the captives, those who have been um, kept in captivity for a long time, even like um, Moses when God sent him into um, Egypt to bring out the Israelites to... Um, to bring them to freedom, to bring them to a land of flowing with milk and honey, to bring them to the land of Canaan. And he was, um, God used him to bring Moses, um, God used Moses to bring out the captives and bring them into a place of freedom. And that's our job, to bring people out of captivity, bring them into freedom. And the opening of prison, of the prison to those who are bound. Any person that is bound, we are to bring people out of that. Even where Paul and Silas was in the jail cells and they were, um, they praised the Lord. Not only them got released, but everyone around them, their prison doors opened up. And that's what we are to do. We are to bring um, freedom to the people. We are to bring um, liberty to the, broke, um, to the people who are bound. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. If God has given you a work, he will see it to completion. <clears throat> what God put in your heart, he's going to make sure it's co it comes through. When we have to be willing to do it. And that's the hardest thing is our own comfortability. We have to be ready to take on the responsibility God has given us. Because it's a believer's calling. And I love the story of Isaiah. It talks about God has anointed me. But what did Isaiah do at the beginning of the book? He, God said, whom shall I send? To go to a lost and dying generation. Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, how can I go? For I, I am an unclean man among unclean people. And an angel came down and touched his lips and said, your iniquity, your iniquity is purged and you are sin free. And then after that, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. God is looking for people to send. God is looking for people. And it's our job. To say, God, send me. It's our choice. That's why the Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called to the work of God, but few are ever willing to take the steps to see it come through. It's every believer's calling is to see people saved. Whether it's on a mass crusade, or a crusade scale, or whether it's just making sure those people from the crusade make it to church on time. Each job is important to God. But God has anointed every believer who says, send me. Anyone who is willing to go and reach the harvest, God has anointed you. God has called you. So even in that, what does God want for you? God wants to use you. God wants to anoint you, but we have to be willing to say yes.